Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. I feel renewed. We're sort of turning the page on a football season and turning it into now winter. And uh, don't look now, but spring sports on the horizon as well. But first, got a lot of basketball and wrestling and, and Olympics to get to. So feels fun. It was an outstanding football season, and we loved being along for the ride all along the way with both the Grizz and the Bobcats. We talked about the uh, FCS and FBS National Championships, as well as the Montana-Montana State men's basketball game in Bozeman on Sunday in our first hour. And you can find all of that on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana. You want to listen to the show, you want to stream it or stream anything on ESPN Radio, mobile device or your cell phone, computer, whatever, you can always go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com, and just click on Listen Live. You can find any and everything ESPN Radio there all the time. And uh, you can also tune into this show on YouTube. So if you want alternative ways to stream the show, uh, we always got you covered. Time now to welcome in our good friend, Justin Angle. It's a business angle. We do this every other Tuesday here on Nuanas Now, and it's proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Uh, business angle is an overlay between business and sports. 
What's up, Justin? How you living? I heard you, you told me the other day the Tesla's doing good in the snow. It's doing great in the snow. It, you know, it doesn't have the clearance that my truck used to have, but I actually think it's it's got better traction. It's a little bit more predictable, and um, it's just littler. So if it does start sliding, it um, doesn't. It's not quite as uh, scary. Yes, right. No doubt. Well, it's fascinating to watch. Um, not just Tesla, and not to even go down the, this rabbit hole too far, but uh, just the way that the, the stock market has has reacted this first uh, quarter of the year, and and what a lot of the experts predicted with uh, you know a, a new president and, and all sorts of different factors. It's just been so interesting to watch because I think twofold a lot of the stuff we talked about in 2021 with all the buying portions of financial shares, whether it's in uh, cryptocurrency or on the stock market or whatever it seems like the the companies that are on the forefront of living in the future so to speak are are certainly uh i don't want to say unshakable but there's a lot of momentum behind them and it's very interesting to watch including tesla being one of them yeah i mean if i could explain tesla's market capitalization share price i probably wouldn't be here right now (laughs) no doubt about it right (laughs) yeah it's it's unbelievable to watch all of it rise and we're going to get to some of that here in just a little while because one common theme since we started doing this segment, which, by the way, we're uh, very happy and appreciative of Black Bear Communications for helping us bring this back for, for another year worth of, mm-hmm. of conversation between the overlay of, of sports and business. But we will, we will be talking about more of this phenomenon of uh, private companies acquiring the streaming and broadcasting rights of giant sports organizations. Apple, right now the leading uh, bidder, to get the the rights to broadcast Major League Baseball games. So if that happens, what does that mean? What does, how does that change the way you watch your favorite Major League Baseball teams? We'll get into that in a minute. But first, start with the the sort of current event of the, the weekend here in the state of Montana. Montana State advances to the national championship of the football championship subdivision for the first time in 37 years. Uh, they go to Frisco, Texas. And uh, they sort of lay an egg, and North Dakota State proved once again just why they are so peerless. A 38-10 to 10 North Dakota State wins, and that's nine national championships in the last 10 years for the Bison, which is just crazy to even think about. That said, though, Justin, there's always been this notion that I've heard throughout my media career of how much momentum um, runs like that can provide, being on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And so much of this, I think, was tied to the enrollment boom at the University of Montana uh, in the 2000s because the Grizz were per- perennially on, on TV. I mean, they, they made the playoffs 17 years in a row, and it, it, it seemed like, I mean, you could pick more, you, you could pick uh, just a couple years out of those 17 years where Montana didn't have at least one ESPN game. They're on ESPN all the time, and I think it was so good for their branding. But then it's been a full 13 years since any Montana school has experienced that. Right. MSU has so much institutional momentum, but something like this, like a run like that, it can't help but but boost the the marketability and brand of Montana State as a whole, right? Oh, yeah, tremendous effects there, mostly all positive. I mean, the the number one hurdle in branding is to create brand awareness, right? you got to make people aware before you can move them, you know, down the funnel toward, you know, wanting to enroll in your school or support it in some other way. And so, yeah, one, it's just more games on television, extends your season, gets you in front of more people. And then the national championship game in and of itself is this special thing, and it has a special place on the schedule. It's got focused coverage. It's got sort of unique real estate on ESPN. And yeah, and even though the uh, the Cats didn't have their best game, they get that level of exposure. And I think the fact that North Dakota State is such a dominant team, like, 
I'm not saying fans give him a pass necessarily. Sure. But, um, you know, they kind of ran up against a buzzsaw and people sort of knew that was coming to some degree. I, I do think outside of the game, though, it's a great branding opportunity because you've got this platform where people may be interested in Montana State or the state of Montana or whatever, or have some familiarity with it. Sure. Get some exposure to that brand story through watching that game. They see some of the fans, they see some students, they get, you know, each school gets placements of their university messaging that they can put out there. So it's a great opportunity for Montana State to sort of, you know, cash in on those on those dedicated eyeballs. So I think it's all upside. I thought that probably actually the, the best exposure and, and brand spreading that Montana State got were in the two playoff games leading up to the national championship because in the quarterfinals, they went to Sam Houston State, yeah. and just being on ESPN and the team you're playing has the number one next to it, any, any layman fan that has no clue about these schools, they see, oh, that's the spring national champion. That's the number one team in the country. Oh, this team from Montana, they beat them 42-19. to 19. Holy right. cow, that team right. must be pretty good. But more than anything, it was the South Dakota State game in the, in the semifinals because it couldn't have been more on brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, ESPN was able to do nothing but stories of – how do people live in the winter wonderland that is Bozeman, Montana, right? right? Every resort, every exit was kids sliding down the mountain, mm-hmm. fans sitting on big mounds of snow. I mean, there was the story of how it snowed like nine inches just a couple days before the game, so they had to do a call to arms to get a bunch of people to come sure, help shovel. them shovel because <laughs> they didn't have enough bodies to to get the stadium on shovel. And so all of that is just like perfectly on brand for what you'd think Montana State would be all about. Yeah, and if, when you think about, you know, kids and families deciding on where they want to go to study, you know, I think our default setting as faculty is to think about the academic program. So like, oh, you know, you want to come here to study creative writing or wildlife biology or business or whatever it is, because we got strength in those programs. And that's certainly a part of it. We got to link, you know, the education to job outcomes. But I think a big part of the experience is prospective students and families thinking, okay, can I picture myself happy there? Can I picture myself as sort of part of that community? What does it feel like? Can I imagine it? And if you can imagine yourself being happy right. in that environment, right. you know, that increases the likelihood of you going. So, yeah, you're right. It gave Montana State an opportunity to craft all these sort of personas about how people could plug themselves into that community. A business angle here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Justin Angle, University of Montana business professor, here in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. And the, the last point there, Justin, is I think that one thing that I've learned throughout uh, my career in media is uh, you want to do it, and this is this is business in general. You want to do what you do well first, and you want to capture uh, the people that have the the easiest access to whatever product you might have. And one thing that I've been sort of critical on for both the Montana universities, uh, but particularly here in Missoula, the University of Montana, is that I think that there's a lot of of time and, and energy sometimes wasted on how do we get all of these kids from all over the country to come to Montana, when in reality, the number one thing you could do to boost the enrollment at the University of Montana or Montana State is recruit in-state kids. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought the University of Montana should do a uh, an ad campaign to recruit kids in Missoula, mm-hmm. strictly Missoula. Like, try to have a retention rate in this town in which one out of four kids leave to go somewhere else and three out of four stay. I think that could boost your enrollment by thousands of kids every year if that was the case. Um, so th- that being said, though, I, I just I, I just thought that it was so interesting to watch 
because the media in Montana has a great fervor for college football. Right. And what this provided Montana State, more than any exterior advertisement to people that live anywhere else in the country, was a domination of the sports media in the state of Montana. Mm -hmm. For every one Grizz football story you read over the last six to eight weeks, there was 10 about the Bobcats. And that has nothing to do with favoritism or bias. One team's playing, one team's not. The Grizz experienced this on the other side against the Cats for two plus decades. But I just think we haven't seen it in a little while. And I thought that was an extreme re-emphasis to that brand reinforcement, not anywhere else, but here in the state of Montana. Yeah, you just suck up the oxygen, right? The more news cycles you can dominate, the That's more right. you're, you're winning. And, you know, in this case, it was a positive story. So it's 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 even more significant. Um, you know, I do think back to your enrollment question. There is, you know, there's all sorts of theories about enrollment. Sure. And, you know, I, I think there's folks that say, hey, yeah, we got to own Missoula as far as being the dominant sort of place where students from mm-hmm. the hometown want to go to school. But at the same time, others think like, well, you know, we probably got more room to grow outside of Missoula because, you know, kids often want to leave leave their hometown. So sure. I, I don't know where I fall down on that. I do know that, you know, some of our enrollment declines are certainly attributable to the local high schools. And so at the very least, we should be looking to get back to where we were because if we could get some share before, we could certainly get it again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's maybe not even just Missoula, but just maybe, you know, draw a 70-mile yeah. map, you know, Polson to Hamilton or sure. something like that. And I just I think there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of narrative there that the the cool school to go to right now for in-state kids is, is Montana State. It was Montana for a really long time. And I do think that there's a possibility, and actually I think that that should be the case, is that I think both schools should have that same reputation because I do think that they're both awesome institutions, that uh, they've done a lot of great things for our state. They're very important to our communities. Uh, before we talk about this Apple um, potential deal, uh, to broadcast Major League Baseball. Did you watch the the FBS National Championship last night at all? I didn't. I listened to some of it on the radio and, you know, then kind of read some coverage this morning. It was like, wow, actually, you know, this other non-Alabama team actually won, although it's still SEC, so it's sort of more of the same in some ways. Although an interesting story, Georgia kind of breaking through. For sure. I was mostly just going to ask you if you watched it only because the number of commercials was yeah. just excruciating. I couldn't believe it. So much of it, though, it's so interesting because – I was complaining about the commercials on Twitter, and other people were were sort of reinforcing to me. But it was because of the way that the game went. Yeah. When you have a defensive slugfest, every time there's a punt, it's just amazing though that they just grasp. You got to change the possession. Boom, we're going to a, a four minute commercial break. I just think it's crazy that the TV broadcast exclusively controls the game. Oh, yeah. And it, it, I mean, I feel like in all of these sort of showcase games, national championship games, Super Bowl, I mean, Super Bowl is a bit of a different animal because the commercials are kind of part of the story for some of the viewers. Right, right. Um, but you watch these games and part of it's that it's on a neutral field and the teams don't play each other that often or whatever. Well, I guess Georgia. The, uh, these two do, but, yeah, but in most but, cases you're correct. But it feels, it just feels awkward. Right. And you layer in all this advertising and a dull crowd of, you know, mixed fans in it. Yeah, it does feel like, wow, this is a produced event for television. It must even feel more strange being in the stadium, just having all these stoppages. And, you know, because then you're just looking at players standing around. And some people would say that there's enough stoppages in football already. But what I'm getting at is that these TV broadcasts, they truly, when they have a change of position, normally between the 
punt and the return to the field, there's a play clock on it. Oh, but yeah. because this thing is bought and sold, it truly is different in the game. The, the break is three or four times as long. Yeah. It must be so weird for the players. And then if you have different turnovers at different times, like I, I did this thing, a pizza with the president and one of the Chris mm-hmm. home games mm-hmm. a few months ago. And, you know, it's normally like the first uh, stoppage in the third quarter, something sure. like that. And there was a turnover earlier. I, I think there is actually a kickoff return for a touchdown. So it like inserted this extra opportunity for advertising. Right. So I ended up sort of standing on the sidelines for like a half an hour, it felt like. (laughs) You know, kind of cool, but at the same time you think about it and you're like, wow, there's this mechanism whereby the events of the game happen, but advertisers view it as this like inventory creation opportunity in the moment. And it's, yeah, it's a little bit uh, discouraging to talk about that. Although we're talking about this advertising thing is a good segue into the Apple deal because, you know, this could change the whole deal. No question. A business angle, overlay between business and sports here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Justin Angle in studio with me. So let's talk about it. That was uh, the number one tweet that showed up on my Twitter timeline this morning from um, Darren Ravel, who does a great job of sort of covering the media industry as a whole and sort of these phenomenons and streaming rights and things like that. Uh, but right now, Apple, the company, Apple, the company, is reportedly in talks for next season to acquire Major League Baseball's broadcasting rights. We've already seen this partially in the NFL with Amazon mm-hmm. uh, getting in on the on at least Thursday night football. I think Amazon's going to make another giant push at the NFL. It, it would be colossal, an un- unbelievable magnitude of the news if Amazon could steal like Sunday night football from yeah. NBC. I mean, it would that would be it would be a landmark moment in pop culture and in in the in television history. It really would. But what do you think of this? Uh, because this seems like if Apple can snare it, just the the prevalence of games in Major League Baseball, the markets you can hit, uh, this would be very interesting and have a lot of layers to it. Yeah, Apple's such an interesting player in this space. You know, from a branding standpoint, they're a luxury player, right? And you think about what they've done with Apple TV Plus. They've gone in with a smaller amount of content, but high budget productions sure. and high quality, you know, the, the morning show, Ted Lasso, um, these other movies that they have distribution rights to these, it's not a huge inventory of content. It's not like you go on Netflix and you're just searching over <laughs> a t- new title right. after new title, but the stuff they've decided to go with a luxury brand, whether you like the content or not, it's, it's, you know, it's big budget, high production sure. quality stuff. Sure. And so if you think about, and we've talked about this with Amazon, like Amazon is a money-making machine through other channels. Like, they don't need to make money off of their NFL broadcast. Apple's the same way. They've almost, like, taken an entire business model right. uh, and, and of some other industry and made it a feature of their business. They don't need to make money off of MLB, right? And so it, be- it can become a feature within a subscription service that they're trying to sell. And they're gonna make money off of the subscription service. And so think about that. Like we were just talking about these games as being basically advertising delivery devices. Yeah, yeah, right. You don't need to deliver advertising to monetize your content. Right. If you're monetizing it through another means, you can totally change the user experience. And, And if you don't need the content to make revenue either. Exactly. 
this is this is like what we call this in radio is NTR, non-traditional revenue in radio. That that's what we're always striving for. That's how we do these exterior podcast series and remote broadcasts. We broadcast before the Grizz game. That's sort of outside our daily radio presence. And that's the thing is ESPN or NBC or CBS or any TV network is going to be spending a significant amount of the the revenue and or money they have at their disposal to acquire rights to then remonetize said Absolutely. product. Yep. Whereas Apple is going to be a multi-billion dollar company no matter what. That's the other most interesting part to me about this is if and when bidding wars maybe commence, how on earth are you ever going to outbid Amazon or Facebook or Meta or whatever they're calling it now or Apple? I mean... There's just no feasible way that any broadcasting company could have more money at its disposal than what these new 21st century tech titans have at their disposal. Yeah, these giant tech firms just have so much disposable cash, right? And so they can afford to bid kind of whatever it takes. I mean, they could they could basically, like if Tesla wanted to buy ESPN from Disney, they could, and they would outbid any other player. And so in Apple's case, you're right. Like, they have the assets. They can, you know, they didn't get to be, you know, a $3 trillion company by <laughs> right. accident. They don't just throw money away. <laughs> right. But if you think about it, like, in, it, for something to move the needle on Apple's market capitalization, sure. it has to be so big. Right. And so acquiring, you know, essentially, low margin, a low-margin advertising business, not so great a play. But if you use this content to drive subscribers to your service, the, the the market capitalization benefits of subscription income are much greater. Right. And you can, now that we got Amazon potentially in that space yeah. and Apple in this space potentially, you can totally re-engineer the game. That's the part that's interesting to me. Like, totally. You don't have to have these advertising breaks. You can take a, you know, a three-hour Major League Baseball game and shrink it down to 90 minutes. You could do the same with a football game. And people are going to be wanting to watch it. And they don't have to watch it on their television. They can watch it on their device. If they're watching it on their device, they can be like betting on the game in real time right. for a single right. app. There's so many different possibilities oh, of how to re-engineer the customer experience. That, that is so crazy to think about because the the dream in media is is what ESPN sort of founded and what we've replicated at Skyline Sports, and that's to have a dual revenue stream where people are paying for your content while also having the content you produce monetized via advertising. Yeah. In this scenario, though, Apple will, could then, like you're saying, boost their subscription services. They're boosting their subscribers, so they have that revenue stream. But then rather than selling advertising, they can sell more of their product via being the only advertiser within the broadcast that they have acquired. I mean, is that the hypothetical that you see, is that if Apple did acquire this, that we would never see a commercial for anything but an iPhone again? Yeah. I mean, within an MLB broadcast, that is? Or, you know, may, I don't even think they dumb it down to that level. Sure. They don't even need to put advertisements in front of people. You're already on an Apple product, and they can put it behind a paywall, right? And they can create this, like, you know, walled garden that oh, everything works well together. The Apple ecosystem, whether you like it or not, it, it works well together and is designed to all work well together. And so if you've got people that want baseball, yes, right, and they want to watch baseball games and you kind of all of a sudden you move it into this walled garden, yeah, maybe it works better if uh, you have an Apple TV or an iPhone or an iPad or a computer. I have all three and I've got the AirPods and it all works together. Like I just got these Beats AirPods 
and Apple owns Beats. Sure. Those things are amazing. Like you walk into a room where your iPad is, <laughs> yeah. you're connected to that. You walk into your you know, room with your television, you're connected to that. It's almost it's, frightening. It's, it's, it works so well together relative to mixing and matching brands and platforms. So I think, yeah, there's tremendous opportunity. I think the, 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 these viewer experiences are going to evolve quickly and in ways that are kind of hard to predict. No question. And and, and then like the last point here, and, and so, some of this we have to, I don't even want to say tread lightly, but I mean, we are on ESPN radio right now. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, you know, ESPN is, you, is a, I mean, ESPN is a giant in, in the sports world and it's a giant in the branding world. I mean, it's one of the most indelible brands in, in the, in the country. I mean, I, when I wear my ESPN jacket, when I travel, I, somebody says something to me every five minutes that I'm anywhere. Yeah. Oh, you work at ESPN? Like, there's no denying. It's not, it, you might have to explain the intricacies of what my job is, but if I say what where I work, they're like, oh, you work in sports. That's It's undeniable. It's people, a big deal. People know it. But then that's, the, the biggest question then for me is what happens then when Apple or Amazon or something wants to come in and then not only acquire the rights to certain leagues, but just straight buy companies. Because there's all sorts of rumors right now that Disney might want to sell ESPN but that's only just one of the things that could be up for sale. You know, yeah. what if they bought the sports division of NBC or something like that? There's just so many crazy scenarios. And who's to say a company like Amazon, who is rapidly reaching the point of actually truly having limitless resources. I mean, they could, there's a there's a scenario in the future in which they could buy whatever they want, literally whatever they want. Yeah. And I think like the if I'm in leadership at ESPN, I'm thinking like, how do I break away from the cable business because still like you know if i want to i don't have a cable subscription i've got internet in my house but i don't have a cable subscription so even right. if i pay the uh, the espn plus subscription and want to watch one of you know their programs i love the 30 for 30s yeah, yeah. so if i want right. to watch one of the 30 for 30s um on my phone or on my iPad or whatever, even though it's got nothing to do with cable, I still have to like go through this super right, clunky right. cable company mediated maze of which, you know, so many darn passwords I can't even remember and I just lose interest and move on to <laughs> right. something that's And you get so TV. frustrated, you're like, I'm just going to go read a book or something. Exactly. Yeah. So if ESPN can transcend that, you know, maybe it's ripe for a takeover or a sale, but also like that allows them to sort of compete head to head. Um, on the user experience, because I do think you're right. Like they have great brand power. They've got like such a tremendous stable of analysts and content creation and so forth. So if they can maybe, I think that's the crux move breaking out of that model. Well, it's fascinating. It's going to be really interesting to watch how it all plays out because as you said, it's going to come faster and more furious than we can possibly imagine. It's a business angle with Justin Angle. He is a professor of business at the university of Montana. And he joins us every other Tuesday here on Nuanas now. Interesting stuff, man. Appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy New Year. Who are the biggest disappointments? Who are the biggest surprises in the NFL this season? The playoffs less than a week away. I'll tell you, who lived up to and failed to meet expectations. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. For the ninth time in the last 10 fall seasons, North Dakota State Bison are the kings of the FCS world. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Saturday in Frisco, Texas, North Dakota State dismantled Montana State, posting a 38-10 victory over a Bobcat squad, making their first national championship game appearance in 37 years. NDSU rushed for 380 yards, and Hunter Lepke scored three first-half touchdowns to help NDSU to a 28-0 halftime lead. And by the time Montana State got on the board, the Bison already had a five-score lead. 
Reed. Lepke, a junior in-state product, rushed for 84 yards to spearhead a rushing attack that averaged nearly 10 yards per carry, and Montana State could never find its footing following an injury to starting quarterback Tommy Malott. Lepke was named the outstanding player of the FCS national title game as North Dakota State moved to 9-0 in Frisco, Texas, and claimed its ninth national championship since 2011. Montana State graduates 16 seniors, including All-Americans like Troy Anderson, Lewis Kidd, and Daniel Hardy. The Bobcats finished the 2021 season with 12 victories. And finally, for the first time since 2017, Montana State defeated rival Montana on the basketball court. MSU's men's basketball team posted a 66-59 win over the Grizz in Bozeman for their first rivalry win in nine outings. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Then I heard it's not what you make, but how much you spend, you got me bent like elbows, amongst other things, but I'm not worried. Because when we set up in the party, like I'm out you scurry, so go get your time box and your sack of nickels. It tickles to see you try to be like Mr. Pickles. Daddy Fat Sax, B-I-G-B-O-I, is that same other to them knuckles to your eye. And I try to warn you not to test, but you don't listen. Giving a shout out to my Uncle Donnell, like yeah. I'm in prison. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. Still, to this day, one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, AT Aliens, Outcast, baby. I know there's a lot of younger people listening to this show. Speaker Box, Love Below, Hey Ya, all that stuff. Roses. That's good. It's really creative music. But the Outcast of the 90s is is where it's at. One of the great hip-hop groups of all time. And uh, it's got an Outcast mood today because the Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship. Not Alabama, but Georgia. Amazing. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Appreciate you spending some time with us. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Let's dive into some NFL. The NFL season this year was, it's always crazy, the the parody and, and the way that the salary cap league works in the NFL's favor more than any other league, just in terms of keeping a, a great majority of the league in contention for the playoffs almost all the way till the end of the season. I think that there was only like 10 teams in the whole league that were, I actually think that the official number was nine teams in the league that were eliminated from the playoffs before week 17. And we had like five games on Sunday with big time, either division and or playoff ramifications. And so because of that, it's hard to say that there was that many uh, disappointments or even surprises because this year in the NFL more than maybe any other year I can remember there was more teams with sort of similar records um, just sort of right there hovering around 500 I mean the Dolphins 9 and 8 the Colts 9 and 8 the Chargers 9 and 8 the Eagles 9 and 8 the Saints 9 and 8 the Vikings 8 and 9 the uh Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens, both 8-9. and nine. So all sorts of teams right there in the middle. But who, who lived up to and who failed to meet expectations? Let's dive into it, and we'll go through these oh, relatively quickly. Uh, but just some of my impressions. This is just based on what I, I thought and felt and, and expected coming into the season. My number five biggest disappointment of the year, the Baltimore Ravens. They were uh, rolling earlier in the year. They lost six in a row down the stretch. 
Part of that uh, was because they had a couple key injuries on their squad, and part of it was because they had Lamar Jackson out of the lineup first because of an injury and then out of the lineup second because of COVID. And uh, all of that then amounted to the Ravens sort of losing control of this thing, and they they were less productive and uh, more exploited defensively than they have been uh, pretty much any time during the, the John Harbaugh era. Uh, they sat at 5-1 and one at one point in the year, and when they got dismantled and taken apart by the Cincinnati Bengals and lost 41-17, that was sort of a harbinger of things to come. And the uh, the Ravens only won three more games the rest of the year. They lost seven of their last nine down the stretch, including, uh, well, I was going to say not-so-good losses, but actually I'm looking at their schedule right now. They had a, a brutal schedule down the, down the stretch as well. That's also part of their struggle, uh, not just the – unavailability of of Lamar Jackson but you know the Steelers the Bra- they're they're at Pittsburgh at Cleveland versus the Packers at the Bengals versus the Rams and loss to the Steelers the last game of the year also crazy to look at their margin of victory or or margin of defeat rather the Ravens lost by 1 point to the Steelers 2 points to the Browns 1 point to the Packers then they lost by 20 to the Bengals so the Bengals Beat the Ravens 41-17 and 41-21 this year. Wolf. But then the Rams beat the Ravens 20-19, and then the Steelers win in overtime on a game-winning field goal 16-13. So uh, close losses, all that. But the Ravens are almost always a team you expect to be playing when the playoffs begin, and they're not. So they are my number five most disappointing team in the NFL. Number four, this isn't just because this is the team I root for, just objectively. The Minnesota Vikings are uh, more talented and, and better than an 8-9 finish. I'm not saying they're some world beater or uh, even a Super Bowl contender. Uh, they're not even really, they're on the outside looking in, aren't even being a true contender in the AFC North, only because the, or the NFC North, excuse me, only because the Green Bay Packers are so far out in front of everybody. I mean, the Packers won 13 games this year, and they're the first team in NFL history to win 13 games three consecutive seasons. And uh, they just dominated that division. That said, I know that my hatred for Kirk Cousins is well known. But when you have offensive skill players like Justin Jefferson and um, Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook, you, you got to be able to win more than eight games. I thought that the Vikings should have been at least a 10-win team this year. thought that that was sort of their their uh, litmus test. And uh, we'll see. I mean, they fired Mike Zimmer. They fired uh, Spielman, the, the general manager. Where do they go for a head coach? Where do they go personnel-wise? What do they do with Kirk Cousins? Are they going to pay Justin Jefferson? I hope they do, uh, but we'll see. But the Vikings were, were very disappointing this year as well. Number three most disappointing team in the NFL this year, the Los Angeles Chargers. Watching Sunday Night Football, watching Justin Herbert perform, I mean, my goodness, what a talent. I mean, he, he is a monster. And what he he still has the ability to become is is startling because he is just such an un, unbelievably talented player. And he's surrounded by good talent, too. I mean, Austin Eckler is a, a above-average running back. And Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are a great receiving duo and Jared Cook is is maybe not an elite tight end, but he's definitely right there in that second tier. And with the signing of center Corey Lindsley and the drafting of, of a really good left tackle in Rayshon Slater this last year, they got a pretty good offensive line. 
And defensively, they have one of the best players in the league in Joey Bosa. And they also have pretty good talent in the secondary led by one of the most underrated defensive players in the league in safety, Derwin James. So for them to go 9-8, and eight, a lot due to poor coaching decisions. I just think it's a big disappointment for the NFL that a guy like Justin Herbert is not in the playoffs and not uh, under even a greater spotlight because he's a special talent. And I think that the Chargers certainly had enough uh, to get there, and they didn't. They, they could not get into the playoffs, and they lost that final game to the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, now, So they are on the outside looking in despite having such uh, great talent uh, across the board on both sides of the ball. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. My number two disappointment for the year, the Cleveland Browns. And this actually is the least surprising, even if it is disappointing. The Browns have been stockpiling talent for the last couple of years, but it's not surprising to me because I've, I've told you, the listeners, and also used to argue with my former co-host, Ryan Tutel, about this all the time. He would always be pumping the Browns. Uh, this is going to be their year. They're going to be coming back. They're going to be better. It's just not the case. More because they don't know how to win as a collective franchise. They seem to still be haunted by ghosts in some sort of weird former fashion. And uh, high expectations. Like, when you have no expectations, when you've won zero games – in the last pre- in previous years, and then like when they fired um, Hugh Jackson, and then went with Freddie Kitchens for just a moment in time, and they won like six or seven games. Well, it's so much easier to exceed the expectation when the expectation is zero than it is to fulfill and exceed expectation when the expectation is playoffs or bust. When you've only been in the playoffs one time in the last twenty five years, so uh, not surprising that the Browns underachieved. But still disappointing because, you know, when you got Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and Javion Clowney defensively, and you got everybody from Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield to all the great talent that they had on the offensive side of the ball, to see it fall apart and Odell Beckham get traded and Baker Mayfield just be so mercurial and the Browns finish with a losing record, uh, certainly a disappointment, particularly considering what pundits thought uh, of Cleveland coming in the season. And then my biggest disappointment of the year in the NFL is the Indianapolis Colts. I think that the Colts are one of the most talented teams in the league. Uh, there's very few teams uh, in the NFL in all of football that have a running back like Jonathan Taylor, particularly one that can play behind the best offensive line in the league, in my personal opinion. I think Quentin Nelson is a Hall of Fame player. He's only been in the league for four years. I think he is a Hall of Fame guard. I think he's one of the best guards that the league has seen. I mean, he is... He's the reincarnation of Steve Hutchinson, and he's just an absolute beast. And he spearheads that offensive front that helped Jonathan Taylor lead the league in rushing uh, by more than 1,800 yards. And then you have Carson Wentz, who is up and down, but has great skill players around him. Michael Pittman is a phenomenal athlete. And T.Y. Hilton, a proven veteran receiver. And they have multiple tight ends. And uh, defensively, DeForest Buckner, one of the best interior guys in the league. Darius Leonard, one of the best inside linebackers in the league. They have brand-name guys at corner. And they started out 1-5. and five. That's not necessarily a panic point for a Frank Reich team because he actually has made a habit of being sort of a comeback kid in his career, whether it was at Miami in college or Buffalo in the pros or, or with the Philadelphia Eagles as the offensive coordinator or now the head coach uh, in Indy. But all that said, when you got that many dudes and you have uh, – I mean, they had more Pro Bowl players than anybody in the NFL. And they're not in the playoffs uh, because they lost to who? The Jacksonville Jaguars the last week of the season. Uh, an utterly disappointing season for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, that That's a team that midseason, like when they pounded the Patriots midseason in New England, I thought, man, 
that team could win the Super Bowl. Because the way they run the ball, the way they play defense, not so much. You can't win the Super Bowl if you don't make the playoffs. So my biggest disappointment for the 2021 football season in the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts. Who are my biggest surprises? I'll tell you. That next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Time now for our final word presented by Eagle Satellite. Have you heard about the great prices on TV and internet from Eagle Satellite? They have TV packages starting at just $57.99 with free installation and internet for just $50 a month. Eagle Satellite is locally owned and operated for more than 40 years. They've been serving Montana with the best options in both television and internet for more than four decades. My biggest surprises in the NFL this year, my top five, Number five, the New England Patriots. And I know that uh, that sounds silly because the Patriots are just perennially in the playoffs. And I just needed to see them prove that they could do it without the one and only TB12. And Bill Belichick did a heck of a job this year rolling with a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones. And at times the Patriots looked like one of the better teams in the AFC. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if they can make a run at it. But it just shows that Belichick needed a year to get his feet underneath him. And now these guys right quarterback, boom, back in the playoffs. The more things change, the more they stay the same. My biggest surprise of the year in the NFL, number four, the Dallas Cowboys. And I know that it's not because of their personnel. It's because that they finally lived up to the hype. They got on hard knocks. Sometimes that can be detrimental to a team during the preseason. It was not at all for the Cowboys. You got a guy in Dak Prescott coming off of a horrific year that included uh, the the uh, tragic death of his brother by suicide, a horrific injury to his ankle, and then signing one of the biggest guaranteed contracts in NFL history and all the pressure that comes with it. And yet here they are, uh, one of the best teams in the NFC. And uh, I know that the pundits would say that they beat up on um, the the lesser teams on their schedule, the overmatched teams on their schedule. But what else is there in the NFL? Uh, that's oftentimes just the way that it works. So the Cowboys being one of the top seeds, uh, definitely a pleasant surprise. My number three surprise of the year, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I want to glorify the adversity that that the Raiders overcame this year because almost all, if not all of it, was self-inflicted. From John Gruden's slew of racially insensitive comments and his emails that were leaked to Henry Ruggs and his uh, horrific automobile automobile accident that resulted in the death of an innocent person as well as her dog, uh, none of that's any sort of good. It's all really, really bad. Yet, I just thought that when Gruden was let go, that this team would just go in the tank. But Derek Carr deserves a ton of credit. Uh, he has done a great job of, of thrusting himself back into the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the league. And even though they were missing guys like Darren Waller for moments in time, Josh Jacobs, they still were able to get it done, and now they're into the playoffs. So, And they also were able to dodge the Chiefs, which is huge. And they head on the road in the first round of the playoffs uh, to face someone else who's upcoming in this list. So we'll take that for a pause just for one second and say my number two surprise of the year in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles. I love that they are one of the surprises, uh, not only because I think it's fun in the league when Philly's good. I love when Philly 
fans have something to, to cheer and talk smack about. I also thought Jalen Hurts was really good when he was both at Alabama and Oklahoma. And uh, I'm glad to see that he is translating the NFL. It's not necessarily about his skill set. Of course he has a great skill set. I mean, he, he threw for a million yards and won a Heisman. But it's about his, his competitiveness, his, his winning drive. And I know he's been up and down at times. He turns the ball over probably too much for most coaches' likings. But who had the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs? I don't think anybody did. I think most pundits had the Eagles finishing behind the Washington football team uh, in that division. So uh, the fact that the Eagles are in the playoffs, I don't know if they have much juice to make a run at it, but the fact that they're there and the fact that Hertz was one of the guys to guide them there, uh, it, it's a bright future in Philadelphia, and I think it's cool that Jalen Hurts has sort of proved a lot of the haters wrong. And only about a minute left here on Nuanas now, but my number one surprise in the NFL this year is the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I love Joe Burrow. I think he is a, a transcendent and uh, perhaps even generational talent. He has parlayed that momentum from what was uh, perhaps the greatest single season by a quarterback in college football history. He's parlayed that in the NFL, and he, even despite a torn ACL and, and everything that he's gone through, the fact that he was coming off an injury and they have a completely unproven coach in Zach Taylor, I just didn't know what the Bengals could become. And when they're hot, they're as good as anybody in the league. They have an unbelievable offense. Jamar Chase has been a revelation this year on the perimeter. Joe Mixon, who's a guy I've hated on a lot on this show for both his off-the-field actions and uh, his inconsistency as a running back, he's blossomed as well. So the Bengals, they are they are cooking right along. And the fact that they won the AFC North, in my opinion, the toughest division of football, that's what makes them my number one surprise in the NFL. Back at tomorrow, Ty Gregorak will swing by one last time to recap the FCS National Championship game. We also got more NFL and NBA. See you tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.